So, Sequoia. Uh Uh-huh. I love Bemis. Uh Uh-huh. I think it's great. I think you're doing a great job. I'm so proud of you. (laughs) Did Uh you... Did you have to feed drop one of your grossest stories yet, though? (laughs) Did you have to? Uh, Yeah, I think I did. I think I did. I think I did have to. All right, fine. Do that. (laughs) What, you didn't like it when a whole chunk of her scalp came off into the hairbrush? Oh, I was loving it. (laughs) You know we really love you. It ain't our place to judge you. Your feelings get about it naturally. There's no point in hiding, so feel free to start confiding. If you need a good friend, you can count on me. You can count on me. You can count on me. Hello, I'm Sequoia Simone. And I'm Kim. And this is Fanatical Fix and Where to Find Them. It is a... Harry Potter fan fiction podcast where we are once again reading fan fiction written before June 2008. Sure. And not fan fiction that we wrote last month. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, we got so much really nice feedback from that and I am just so glad that you all liked what we made for us. Yeah. <laughs> what we made for us. Yeah. Here's the thing is like, oh, I feel like I poured so much of my love for the podcast and the fam and fan fiction and theater kids into <laughs> into that fan fiction and getting that getting that feedback that everybody liked it oh it feels really good because we did work really hard on it glad you liked it we like you too (laughs) (laughs) now this is episode 101 which here we are we're in the triple digits baby should we do like some sort of like cut off and try to stop doing so many callbacks to make it easier for people to get into this nonsense no okay okay well here's you want to make a callback right now you said you you phrased it as should we so i'll 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 change my answer yes okay we should am i physically capable no good (laughs) just checking in just checking i mean i like to i like to check in every once in a while (laughs) check in how we're doing see if there's anything we can improve Mm-hmm. There are many things we could improve. <laughs> we could. But we are could, not physically <laughs> capable. Um, before we get into it, let's do the bullshit portion. Da-da-da-da. Man, uh-huh. I know now. That's uh-huh. a, uh, episode 101. I am now coming up with a intro song to the bullshit portion segment. <laughs> bullshit portion. It's not a segment. Don't treat it like a segment, it's please. It's not a segment? <laughs> please. Look, here's the bullshit. It's not 
bullshit. It's exciting, dude. It is actually really we exciting. We are smack dab in the middle of our Potterless takeover. <laughs> <laughs> we did say it as a joke once that we were going to take over Potterless for a month, and then we did it. We've been talking with Mike about doing My Immortal on his podcast for a long time, and we were both yeah. like, oh, that's going to be a long <laughs> thing. I hope he's ready for <laughs> us. <laughs> and Mike's just the most gracious, most kind, best person. So, of course, he was. Yeah. Yeah. So, we are, I think, as of the release of this episode four of our five episode takeover of Potterless comes out today. <laughs> And then we're also on next week <laughs> for the thrilling conclusion. <laughs> pew, 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 pew. Speaking of guesting on other podcasts that have a Harry Potter sort of uh, tilt vibe. to them, vibe, <laughs> um, I was on Sorted, colon, okay. not a Harry Potter podcast. Colin is a Harry Potter podcast. Colin is a Harry Potter podcast with um, our friends JD and Alex. Go check out Sorted. Go check out Potterless. Go listen to us in uh, locations that are not this location. Or listen to us in this location. Here we go. <laughs> no, oh, wait. first we had another thing to say. Okay. Say it. And my other thing to say is we have now gotten at least one carrot time in. Yes. And I really appreciate it. Shouts to Amber for getting us a carrot time in because um, I did a calculation. I don't remember what the number was. I think it was like f- four feet of carrot in an hour based off of Amber's carrot time. Yeah. Obviously, I didn't write it down anywhere smart. I was like, oh, how about how much? Bup, bup. Nope. <laughs> four feet? Four feet of carrot? I don't know. Cool. That thought is gone. Well, um, if you know, if you want to contribute to the data pool that we are using to calculate these carrot experiences, mm-hmm. how long how long a carrot would have to be for it to take an hour for you to eat the carrot? Mm-hmm. Um, please uh, contact us on social media or via email with your carrot times. And now, now we can do the podcast. Now we can do the podcast. Let's do the podcast. Podcast. Are you coming? Was that a was that a segment intro for our segment called the podcast? <laughs> yeah, it's the part where we stop doing things that aren't the podcast and start doing the podcast. And start doing the po- oh oh. <laughs> I see. Well, everyone, today I have a very very special couple of treats for you. Two treats. First treat. Are you ready to make some predictions? I suppose. It's been a while since we've actually recorded an actual episode. Yeah. We haven't we haven't recorded a real episode of this podcast in over a month, I think. So <laughs> And everyone knows it only takes us about a week to forget how to do our own podcast. Yes, we're all aware. We're all on the same page. Um I don't know, but it might like, you know. It, it, maybe the time off has kind of like uh, uh, reinvigorated your prediction making uh, brain cells. Brain cell, please. Brain cell. Sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Please. Brain cell. <laughs> <laughs> so you can make some predictions here. Now, I will preface this. We had to talk about this one this morning. Yeah. 
because we were, this is a listener submission and it was sent to both of us. Yeah. I had to say some stuff about this in uh-huh. order to make sure that you didn't remember this story. Yeah, I did go check my 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 submission list to see where this fell in it, and I did spoil myself on the pairing. Yes. Oops. So what I'm going to say is that you cannot guess the pairing, especially because, and I won't say, I, I'm going to wait until after everybody else makes their predictions. Uh-huh. We're going to have a prediction moment, and then I'm going to reveal this author so that everybody will know why they're not you weren't allowed to guess a pairing. This so, is like Cupcakes, an author we've featured before. Yeah? Yes. Okay. Yes, it is. You all out there that are making predictions, send them in to us via Twitter, hashtag fanfic divination. You can also answer the question on our Instagram story or uh, email them to us or whatever you'd like. And then if you are on our Patreon Discord, make sure to put those in the predictions channel for those house points house points (laughs) here are your clues one the title is love lessons Uh uh-huh two it came out post half-blood prince Hmm. and three it is a romance slash angst (laughs) (laughs) all right one portion of the pairing will die. Okay. In this story. Nice. Nice, nice, nice. That's angsty. Exactly. I think this is going to be a get together fic. Like the couple's not together at the beginning and they're going to they're okay. going to be together at the end of it, right? Okay. Yeah. Prediction number 3. A professor is going to teach the love lesson. Nice. Good one. <laughs> nice. Is it? Nice. Um, Okay, now that you have made your three predictions, I can now Uh tell everyone that this story was written by the same author as Harry and Miney's Horcrux Hunt. I hope you haven't read anything else of theirs. They have a really long one that I want to do someday because it's it's some what? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, this got sent to us a couple of times. Oh, you want to give credit? This was sent to us by both Kiki and Berta. So thank, thank you, you so to much to both, both of them. them. Yeah. Yes. Because this is just incredibly beautiful. So let's go ahead and get into it. This is Love Lessons by the author of Harry and Miney's Horcrux Hunt, <laughs> Romance Slush Angst. Let's go. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Just right off the bat. Just right off the oh, fucking no. bat. Okay, oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Ginny fucking dies in the first sentence. <laughs> <laughs> Hagrid had changed a lot over the summer. Excuse me? <laughs> Did Hagrid go to America and come back hot? Please, Sequoia. Maybe. Excuse me. <laughs> I can't. Re- I can't believe you don't remember this. I haven't read it. Oh, okay. 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 <sighs> this is ch- too powerful. Excuse me. <laughs> First sentence. Too powerful. Too powerful. <laughs> the half giant had spent the summer at a special shelter 
for sick hippogriffs over in the city of angels. And he had come back completely different. Oh my God. <gasps> this author, this author is so powerful. This author is so good. They are so fucking committed to their bit. Mm-hmm. You know how it's often really hard to tell if things are satire or not on the internet? Yes. This is like right on that line. I know it seems like satire, but they are so fucking committed to their bit. <laughs> it's hard to tell. There is nothing in this world that I admire more than commitment to a bit, I think. Mm-hmm. So like this author is a is a hero, <laughs> is a personal hero of mine. <laughs> I guess it's hard to tell what part of their stuff is satire and what isn't exactly satire and is stuff that they maybe believe, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Oh, we'll, we'll, there's the some. City gonna... of Angels. The City of Angels. Los Angeles. <laughs> Los Angeles. It's where we all go to get hot. <laughs> Am I right? Yeah. Do you I think right? he. Do you think he has a, do you think he maybe picked up a uh, bit of a accent? Oh, fuck you. No, that can't be in it. (laughs) It was a change for the better. Rude. His yucky beard. was already great. Yeah, I know. What? Listen, we're about to. (laughs) His yucky beard was now shaved off. Rude. His long hair was cut short. And no, no, please spiked up with gel. (sighs) Okay, I just, I just, I was really hoping it would also be um, frosted tips. Oh, yeah, you know what? It is frosted tips. (laughs) They didn't write it, but it is. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. It is frosted tips. Frosted tips. It's spiked up with gel. He wore a leather jacket that was covered in studs. (laughs) And he had ditched the cheesy accent and picked up a cool Los Angeles drawl. They do not draw there. What does that mean? I don't know. Maybe they're referring to like the... Uh, like like the extension on the ends of words. That's not typically what. Okay, maybe. Okay, ditch the <laughs> cheesy accent. Like that's just what he. That's just that's just how he. Where he what? <laughs> uh. All the students liked him now because they thought American accents were the coolest. he went to america he got hot Uh but more importantly he got a cool los angeles accent are amer do people think american accents are cool i feel like yeah i don't know that anybody thinks that american accents are the coolest thing but sure Sure. Hermione liked Hagrid a lot better now that he'd changed. Okay. Their problems with Hagrid weren't really his hard-to-read phonetic accent. It was that he kept trying to kill them. Yeah. It was mostly the blast-ended scroots, I think. Yeah. 
His teaching style had improved immeasurably. Into what? How, what? Because he got hot? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> do those two things go hand in hand? They absolutely do not. I am hot now, and also now I am a good teacher. <laughs> No more blast-ended scroots for these kids. But she didn't like criticizing Hagrid in front of her dear boy, Harry, because he got all annoying. Yeah, Harry's Harry's Harry, correct. Hagrid had promised them a special lesson today, and he took the whole class out into a field behind the school to show them something cool. His gold chains were swinging. <laughs> we didn't mention the gold oh, chains before. Oh my god. They're, they're just important. they're weaving it in. <laughs> they're building it up. They're oh my goodness. I just it's all so delicious. I like that he I mean, he probably wears his leather jacket covered in studs to teach as well. I would yeah. assume. Of that course he, he does. Wears that jacket. Yes, and gold chains. Yes, and a pair of wraparound shades. Is that is that a detail we're about to get? His gold chains were swinging, and he had a cool pair of wraparound shades on his head. Yes. <sighs> yes. He looks amazing. Yes. Lavender and Parvati were giggling over him. <laughs> Hagrid is now the wor- the most crush-worthy teacher because he went to America and came back hot. <laughs> that is a plot point that I have never seen, and I am so into it. Uh, what you don't you don't you're not always reading fan fictions where Hagrid comes back from America hot. Hagrid is in so few fan fictions. <laughs> And when he is, and oh my god, when he is, the authors are usually trying to replicate the terrible phonetic accent, making him even more incomprehensible. Yeah. Right? That is very difficult to read. Do not do that. (laughs) Hermione thought that Hagrid was pretty hot with his new look. Okay. But nothing could ever compare to her boy, Harry Potter, the boy who lived. Yes. She glanced over at him now. His black hair was sticking up in sharp ebony spikes like black crystals. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, amazing. I am so here for whatever this author is going to do to Harry and Hermione today. (laughs) His hair looks like an anime character. In my yeah. head at this point. He looks like Ash Ketchum. <laughs> I think he's gonna he might continue to look like Ash Ketchum. <laughs> Ebony spikes like black crystals. Okay. Precious gems uh-huh. from a distant galaxy. Oh. They're not just black crystals. They are precious gems. From a distant galaxy. What does that mean? (laughs) (laughs) Harry's visage is unknowable and terrifying. (laughs) 
today. Can Harry really be perceived? Like, <laughs> not <he>? anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Only Hermione can really perceive Harry's crystalline hair from a distant galaxy. <laughs> His eyes gleamed behind his crystalline glasses. <laughs> I love how even his glasses are hot. Oh. That's nothing. I love it. <laughs> his glasses are hot. <laughs> and, and it's not that the glasses make him hot. It's the glasses themselves, glasses themselves. are hot. Yes. Like, he could take them off and the glasses would still be hot. <laughs> because he touched them. Yeah, everything Harry touches turns hot. <laughs> He's like King Midas. <laughs> oh, fuck. He's the King Midas of hotness. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Whew. His eyes were precious eyes. Gemstone eyes. Harry's uh, made of rocks today. <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> Is Harry just a pile of rocks? <laughs> Does Hermione need glasses? <laughs> yeah. Hermione's like, oh my God, Harry looks so hot today. And she's sort of looking over at him and looking over at him. And Harry's in a completely different direction. And Ron is like, Hermione, why you keep looking over at that pile of rocks? Yeah. <laughs> but they were not hard and cold and remote like gemstones okay they were soft and full of life like a pebble (laughs) (laughs) that's so nothing i just like got a surge of life energy (laughs) i have a goosebumps yeah. right now. <laughs> so intensely nothing. Amazing. <laughs> they were soft and full of life like a pebble or a warm field in summer with deer frolicking in it. <laughs> Not only has this author compared eyes to a warm field in summer with deer frolicking in it. Uh-huh. But this author has just equated a pebble uh-huh. and a warm field in summer with deer frolicking in oh it. Oh my god. These are maybe even this description is maybe even more powerful than anything they accomplished in Harry and Mighty's Horcrux hunt. Exactly. They went I hard think- in that story, but this is <laughs> this is another level. Yeah. Wow. But Harry wasn't looking at Miney. He was dancing along in a private daydream. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> nothing. That's nothing. You know, you know that meme where it's like the two people lying in bed next to each other? Oh, uh-huh. And, um, this feels a lot like that. Okay. Where Hermione's like, he's not looking at me. He's thinking of another girl. And he's like, I'm a literal pile of rocks. <laughs> he's like, not thinking about anything. <laughs> or he's like, oh man, I wonder where Hagrid got that jacket. Yeah. I wonder if I could get one of those jackets. Do they only sell those jackets in Los Angeles? 
Do they only Can sell those jackets? Can you operate to Los Angeles <laughs> in giant size? <laughs> yeah. Do they have those? Hagrid's wearing like an entire cow, also. <laughs> Maybe like three cows. <laughs> Hagrid's wearing several leather jackets sewn together. Oh, to oh. Become, <laughs> to become one large leather jacket. Yeah. Yeah. That's got to be it. He yeah. looks incredible. I'm so happy for him. <laughs> All right. What else is Hermione thinking about? Let's get some more of whatever this is. Miney sighed and shook Ooh, there the it caramel is. tresses. We hadn't gotten a Miney yet, had we? Yes, we did. Okay. Well, but I Harry blanked it out. Harry wasn't looking at Miney. Yeah. Oh. I blank it out at least 50% of the time, if not 100% of the time. Mm-hmm. So I, I get it. I understand. Okay. So Hermione's hair is caramel Caramel. Today. Caramel tresses. I'm glad that she's still made of candy. <laughs> it's she, I mean, he's made of rocks. She's uh-huh. made of candy. It's a match made in heaven. <laughs> They're going to get together and have beautiful rock candy babies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> she wished the boy would notice her, not just as a friend, but really notice her. She was worried he would never love her. Mm-hmm. Hagrid showed them the field. Now we're back to the cool field of cool stuff. Okay. Hagrid showed them the field. It was full of hippogriffs. Okay. We did hippogriffs already, but I guess we'll do them again. I mean... It cool, didn't go so like, well last time. Yeah. Cool Hagrid? Maybe maybe some like actual care. Instead of just like, this is an animal. It's it's care of magical creatures, not just magical creatures. <laughs> they do learn about how to care for flobberworms, I guess, but that's about, that's about well, and then how to get blasted. Okay. Yeah. I I'm mean, back. They don't really know how to care for blast-ended scroots. They just are winging it. <laughs> I haven't read the books. Let's continue. Played it by ear. Um, It was a field full of hippogriffs. Mm-hmm. Hermione smiled. She loved hippogriffs because they reminded her of the time she had she had ridden one under the full moon with Harry. It had been a lovely night. She had pretended to be scared so she could hug Harry. Yikes. She's that, looking at the That's going to get a yikes from me. She's still just thinking about Harry. Yeah. Oh man. Oh, what is okay? Hagrid's now got to talk in his cool new accent. Can you do South Southern Californian? I don't think I can do it. Do your best, but I'm gonna try. Best approximation. I believe in you. Okay, kids," said Hagrid in his cool new accent. "Today, I'm going to teach you an important lesson about love." That's pretty good. See, thank you. That's pretty good. <laughs> See these hippogriffs here? Did you kids ever wonder where they come from? What? No. What? No. Is this a sex ed story, Sequoia? What? You don't know what this story is going to be? Okay. (laughs) When a mommy hippogriff loves a daddy daddy hippogriff, hippogriff. (laughs) they mush their hybrid chimera parts together. Nope, it's worse than that. Oh, right. no! <laughs> that was already really bad! <laughs> <sighs> there, 
was lots of immature laughing. Ron snickered like a butthead. <laughs> butthead. Gotta, gotta get that Weasley bashing in. Oh, Got yeah. to get it in. The Weasleys, fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> like a butthead. Ron's such a butthead. Butthead. <laughs> Real mature Hermione. <laughs> Hermione glared at him and he winked at her in a gross way. <laughs> Ron existed in a nasty way. <laughs> what a butthead. <laughs> Not like that, Hagrid said, blushing. I mean, hippogriffs are a hybrid animal. Their mommy is a horse and their daddy is a griffin. What? 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 That? Okay. Continue. Their mommy is a horse and their daddy is a griffin. Okay. That's why they look like a horse griffin. <laughs> I hate that. Please continue. <laughs> I told you it was worse. <laughs> Did you ever think about why that is strange? Hermione shot her, her hand in the air. She liked to act smart because it impressed her dear boy. She was good at acting smart. It's a it's what? <laughs> acting smart. <laughs> acting smart. You know. Also, Harry does not like people who are acting smart. Harry doesn't give a shit. <laughs> Uh, you know when you 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 pretend all smart, you pretend to be smart, but still happen to answer all the questions correctly, Pre- pretendly correctly, <laughs> acting smart. Oh, that's really good. <laughs> Everything that Hermione does is a is a false pretense act. <laughs> To get Harry to like her. Oh, my goodness gracious. Okay, Hermione shot her hand in the air. She's going to answer this question about why it's strange that horses and griffins do it and then make a... (laughs) This is a question. This is a question that has been asked, and she is going to answer it. I think that was a rhetorical question. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) The griffin and the horse traditionally hate each other, Professor Hagrid. Hermione said straight away. That's fine. Please continue. I don't. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay. That's fine. I accept that. Why not? Okay. Sure. Yep. Very good, Miss Granger, Hagrid said. Therefore, the hippogriff is a symbol of the marriage between two creatures who hate each other. A symbol of impossible love. (laughs) A love that seems... Impossible. Okay. <laughs> Hagrid, okay. Are we sure this is a Harry Hermione? This author seems to be actually writing a Dramine. <laughs> this author has decided that in this moment, uh, Hermione thinks that Harry hates her romantically, but likes her in friendship. <laughs> I really don't know what's happening. <laughs> Hagrid is starting to short circuit, though. I he think, is. Um... <laughs> He's not doing so well. A symbol of impossible love. 
a love that seems impossible. Love? Not possible. A love between two creatures that seems like maybe it wouldn't work out, but it does. Are you fucking kidding me? No. I am kidding. That was uh okay. that was just me riffing. Okay. Okay. <laughs> It does only say a symbol of impossible love, a love that seems impossible. Look, here's the thing about this fan fiction. I bought it. (laughs) It's like, yeah, that author would write that. What is happening? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Fine. Miney gasped. In one moment, her heart went from feeling like a snowflake in a lonely blizzard Sorry, can you give me that again? Her heart went from feeling like a snowflake in a lonely blizzard. Okay. To feeling like a marshmallow dunked in hot chocolate. (laughs) That is quite a uh, (laughs) a shift. (laughs) I feel like that'd be kind of overwhelming. That's a big shift. You you sort of start in a place where uh you're cold. Uh-huh. You're sort of crowded. Uh-huh. There's kind of a lot happening. Uh-huh. And then you're candy again. <laughs> <laughs> and you've important. melted. And you have died. <laughs> She glanced at Harry shyly. His green eyes reflected back at her. Oh, the pile of rocks has shifted so that it's looking at Hermione. (laughs) No, I think that maybe just the sun has moved a little bit. And now the glint is happening in a direction towards her. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) Remember, kids. Hagrid said with a big grin, showing his new capped teeth. He's wearing veneers now. Okay. Because he went to L.A. And everyone sure. in L.A. wears veneers. Okay. Um, <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> Even if love seems impossible, sometimes it can work. That's the lesson of the hippogriff. Whew. I'm going to go ahead and, and, and point out right now that you did get a point. I did. The professor did. Give us a love lesson. lesson. about love. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. This is not what I was expecting (laughs) when I said that. No? Nope. Weird. (laughs) Nope, nope, nope. The hippogriffs parted, and he showed them a chestnut horse, the color of Miney's hair. Oh, no. And a black griffin, the shiny color of Harry's hair. What? They nuzzled each other happily, their chocolate eyes reflecting true love. Okay. Everyone gasped. But look, Hagrid said. A baby hippogriff chick suddenly scampered out from behind them. It was a it was fluffy, like a cross between a kitten and a duckling. I'm trying to I'm trying to, are you trying to, are you trying to mentally, why would it look like a, like a chick? Or a kitten. Or a duckling. 
It's just a ball of fur. A ball of fur came and scampering feathers. out. From, fur and, and, and feather fluff, fluff. And feather fluff came scampering out. It was the cutest thing ever. I was actually confused about why a combination of a griffin and a horse would look like a hippogriff. Because aren't griffins... Isn't a griffin like a bird thing? But it's also like a lion thing, isn't it? Oh. Yeah, it's it's half eagle, half lion. Huh. Yeah. So griffins are half eagle, half lion. And when you combine right. them with a horse, you get half eagle, half... Half horse? horse? And the lion part goes away. Way is this like it's if you get out? if you if you cross a mermaid with a minotaur and you just get a regular dude? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think probably in that same vein. Oh my All god! Right. It was the cutest thing ever. Miney squeed and squeed when she saw it. <laughs> <laughs> what fucking Squee. year is it, man? It's 2006. <laughs> it was the best class ever. Everyone liked the new Hagrid. Yeah, because he didn't make them get too close to the hippogriffs. Yeah, I don't know that they've had. The lesson was, look at this field of hippogriffs. Look at those two animals that are in love and made a baby. You may all leave now. Class dismissed. Honestly, not a bad, not the worst care of magical creatures lesson. Nope. <laughs> it is a step up. I love that they went the extra step and had the fucking griffin look like Harry and the horse look like Hermione. That's, what is that? Beautiful. I don't know what that is. It's beautiful and All perfect right. is okay. what it is. <laughs> After class, Miney shyly walked towards Harry. Because you know that the, the appeal of the Harry slash Hermione ship, which I will admit I do not understand, <laughs> is sort of, it's it's friends to lovers. Yes. It is not enemies, enemies rivals, yeah, any of that. But the, but the fic has already established that they're friends. Yeah. So this is friends to lovers. But in but Hermione has but this, Hermione has this, has this like <laughs> she is she's projecting her thoughts about Harry onto everything she sees and hears. Right? <laughs> That's what's happening. Yeah, yeah. Hagrid's like a pile of rocks. These but... creatures are in love, and Hermione's like, I'm in love, <laughs> like me, <laughs> just like me. <laughs> All right. Oh. All right. I like it. This is nothing. So. What did you think of today's lesson? She asked. Harry grinned. It was fantastic. No, it wasn't. What do you think about impossible love? <laughs> she asked, <laughs> gulping shyly. <laughs> Harry just smiled. Do you think it could happen in all our lives, Harry? <laughs> I don't get what about their love is impossible. Like, I don't. Absolutely nothing about their love it. is impossible other than the fact that Harry does not see Hermione that way. <laughs> and Hermione does not see Harry that way normally. <laughs> well, I'll have to talk to Ginny, Harry said. 
Jenny. Hermione, sorry, I almost said Hermione. Oops, sorry, 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 sorry. Miney gasped, thinking of the tramp's ugly face. Yes, got yes. there. Got it, got it, got it. Wasn't okay. sure we were going to get there. I was reading this fan fiction. I got to that moment, mm-hmm. immediately scrolled up, clicked on the author, because mm-hmm. um, when it was sent to me, mm-hmm. the sender didn't mention that it was the same author. They may not have so noticed. I didn't. So they might have noticed. Yeah. So I went into it not knowing that. Oh. And then saw Tramp. You got that far like, before you were like, this feels familiar. <laughs> yeah. It was it was the Tramp that really got me. And then I was like, no, this has got to be. It's got to be. So funny that we opened this episode being like, should we cool it on the callbacks? And this whole story <laughs> Needs you to have listened to Harry and Miney's Horcrux hunt no, to get doesn't. anything that we are talking about. Nuh-uh. You and I, me? I highly disagree. I you highly and me? Dis- <laughs> we are stupid. Oops. <sighs> Ginny? The tramp? The tramp? <laughs> Miney gasped, thinking of the tramp's ugly face. Her heart fell out of her chest fell through her feet, fell through the ground, fell through the earth, oh. fell through Australia, oh. fell through the atmosphere, <laughs> fell through space, and landed in the sun. Oh, damn. Wow. That's a big feel. Hermione. Really, that's a really big feel, my dude. Angst. Tragedy. Where's the tragedy tag? <laughs> yeah, this feels pretty damn tragic to me. Her heart just fell into the sun. <sighs> just kidding, Miney. Harry laughed, his ebony spikes catching the sunlight like a glorious halo as he grinned devilishly. Oh. I love you. Do you feel do you feel disoriented? Do you yeah. feel like we are, are you look like you just walked off of a roller coaster? Yeah. Kim looks like she might fall over. There's some like what grasping. What was that? What? His hair or what he said? What he said. Just kidding. I love you. JK Lols, why would I even like that tramp, Ginny? Tramp! <laughs> I do really like that his ebony spikes catch the sunlight like yeah. a glorious halo, though. Really good. Because he's shining the light of his love on her. And then her heart fell out of the sun <laughs> and through Australia. And No, it didn't. Um, he smiled with his emerald green eyes flashing, and they grabbed hands and ran up to a hippogriff. Okay. What? This is where the story goes off the rails. Excuse me? <laughs> Look, okay, no way. We need to part the curtain a little bit. You have a second story on our episode outline? Well, this is only like 900 words. I didn't think it was going to take this fucking long, my dude. Well, you should have known better. I should have known better. This was too glorious. (laughs) Too glorious to pair anything with. I know, I know. (sighs) Okay. There's like four sentences left. Okay. And this is when it goes off the rails. 
Sure. So they grabbed hands. They run off to a hippogriff. They're in love. Hagrid saw what happened, gave a big smile, and started singing What's New Pussycat in a melodious baritone voice. (laughs) What? Guess what's going on the playlist? Whoa, whoa, whoa. (laughs) Oh, no. Okay. Class joined in. Okay. Harry and Hermione laughed happily and climbed on Buckbeak, which is the, I guess they ran up to Buckbeak, not a random hippogriff, a hippogriff. That was Buckbeak. Who is here. Who's here. Somehow. The class was happy. Ron was jealous, but who cares what Ron thinks? Uh Uh-huh. Harry and Miney ignored him. They jumped on and flew away into the beautiful, glittering sunset to get (laughs) some privacy. So class is happening at sunset. Yeah. (laughs) And the whole class is singing What's New Pussycat, serenading them, mind you. As they fly. What's New Pussycat. As they fly away. Away. Into the sunset on Buckbeak. The end. The end. Okay. (laughs) That. Yes, indeed. Was that. It was. I think I got two Two points. points. You did. From that. Mm -hmm. Experience. I'm impressed. This story was nothing. And incredible. And incredible. Absolutely beautiful. Thank you to the listeners who sent this to Sequoia mm-hmm. and I. You Thank were you. correct. You were correct. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Ooh, so okay. you got two points. We can move on into a segment. It's time for a quick, a quick fix. fix. Speaking of stories that were sent to Sequoia and I, <laughs> it's same specifically, mm-hmm. spe- like each of us got the submission and it came to me and it came to Sequoia. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, unlike with Love Lessons, we had both read this other one. Yes, unfortunately, um, because it is also a masterpiece. So... We're instead going to use it as a quick fix. This story is extremely powerful. (laughs) Thank you to Lauren and another person. And an anonymous. And an anonymous user. User. Um, I can't believe. Okay, so no, wait, no, wait, no, wait. You were originally planning to pair this story with the experience we just had. Were you trying to kill me? You were just going to spring. Okay, we need to talk about the story, and then I'm going to yell at you for trying to spring this on me. (laughs) This story is, the pairing is Great Hall Ceiling slash Fountain of Magical Brethren. Excuse me. This story starts out with... um. McGonagall going to Albus Dumbledore and being like, hey, 
the ceiling in the great hall is just like raining. It will not stop raining. It will not stop raining. It's sad. (laughs) And yeah. (laughs) And Dumbledore is like, and, and of course McGonagall's like the only person who can fix it is you. Dumbledore. Sure. And naturally. And Dumbledore is like, okay, here's the thing. The Great Hall ceiling is very sad because the love of its life is dead. And <laughs> I am the one that destroyed the love of its life. So mm-hmm. if I go in there, I will likely get struck by lightning. So I <laughs> am not going to fix it. And we are just not going to enter the Great Hall again until it stops crying. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness. Uh-huh. And then we get into it with the Great Hall's perspective. As you do. It's crying because it could never regret the nights of passion it shared with its beloved fountain. It knows that it we never will never again encounter an artifact of magical artistry worthy of its own greatness. <laughs> Um, love is dead, etc. Etc. You know, et the, the, the ceiling is such a cool, magical, powerful artifact, and the fountain of magical brethren is just like this cheesy propagandistic piece of work in the Ministry of Magic. They are on such like the the, the ceiling deserves so much better. I think. <laughs> yeah. No. That's that's fair. That's fair. When the fountain finally comes to Hogwarts to meet the ceiling, because they're exchanging letters first. Right. Because the ceiling has heard about this this great magical piece of artistry mm-hmm. and is like, yo, I want to hit that up. <laughs> um, and so... <laughs> they send them a letter. And so they send them a letter. They get a, a student to transcribe and they form clouds into words uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. in the ceiling sure. and then the student transcribes and then an owl takes it and uh to the statue so they then the statue's like hey i can move so like i could come see you and the great hall ceiling is stoked on it and then um the ceiling, I, I'll just read this portion. The ceiling had at first been disappointed to discover the fountain's rather inferior artic- artistic execution. Mm-hmm. Well, we couldn't all be pure mirrors of the natural beauty of the skies, after all. Sure. And the fountain had soon proved that even though its exterior was a bit gaudy, its magical construction was beyond compare. And that's what really mattered. Wasn't it? Oh, so I'm the asshole here. You're the asshole here because you are <laughs> judging a book by its cover. And <laughs> well, good to know. This is really a tragic love story. Sure. And they because they had, the fountain they, does die because the fountain does die. Dumbledore does explode it mm-hmm. while fighting Voldemort yeah so the ceiling is like yeah I get it I understand why this happened Mm -hmm. and you know like really fighting Voldemort is like a good thing that I am behind as a ceiling Mm -hmm. um I support I -hmm. I support the anti-Voldemort movement Mm -hmm. um but I am still sad about this 
happening. This this terrible loss this that terrible happened in loss. book five that this author latched onto. Yes. This this <laughs> is the death from book five that really that really needed got to be author. highlighted. <laughs> Um, oh, that's such a choice. Yeah, I I do want to read one more one more line here. Go ahead. Um, Together, they had discovered ways to merge their magical essences, tentatively at first, but then more and more deeply until the ceiling found an ecstasy it had never thought possible. <laughs> woo! 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 What is better than like metaphysical magical sex? <laughs> What's better than what that? What is better than that? Oh boy. So somebody please tell me. <laughs> There's got to be something. Nightwater. Thank um, you. So, uh-huh. that's the story. How does it end? Can you remind me? The ceiling keenly regretted that now it would never have a memorial of its beloved, except the tears it now cried, their liquid essence a reminder of the fountain of magical brethren's watery jets. The end. Story's very powerful. I think you, the listener, will find a link to it in the description of this episode. Because it is. absolutely will. So powerful, and you probably need to read it. You definitely need to read it. For sure, for sure, for sure. Because, um, you know, we yeah. regret fucking this up a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, thank you to the people who sent it to us. And yes, I was about to pair this with what I just read to you. Were you trying to kill me? <laughs> live on air. Not live. <laughs> Retroactively not live. on air. <laughs> um, Great question. Uh, no, but I was aware that it might be a side effect. (laughs) (laughs) It was a risk you were willing to take, though, wasn't it? A risk I was willing to take, so. Well, (laughs) this podcast is over. No, it's not. Nope. It's time for a new segment is what it is. It's time for... The Rex Zone. I have a recommendation for you today called A Talk in the Hospital Wing. This was also sent in by Lauren. Thank you so much, Lauren, for sending this in. Killing it, it. is a missing scene style fan fiction. Ooh. From the end of Order of the Phoenix, where Ron and Hermione are in the hospital wing and they discuss Harry's saving people thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. Have you been talking about me behind my back? (laughs) Yes, Harry, because you need help. You need help. We love you. You need help. Um, It's very good. Yeah, it's very, very good. So a link to that will be in the description of this episode. It will also be on our website. Also on our website, you can find our submission form. We messed up the submissions a little bit today, but keep (laughs) sending us that good, good shit. We'll try to behave better. (laughs) You can also find links to our merch. There is merch on our website. You can get a Rose Willow Black bookmark. You can get Yes Glitter. You can also get the link to our Tee Public, where there is a bunch of other stuff. 
stuff. Right. If you want to send us your carrot times, <laughs> be sure to tweet them at us. We are at Fanatical Fix on all the social meds. You can also send us an email with any longer thoughts you might have. Your hold for the end pleases, your OCs, your general thoughts. Our email is fanaticalfix at gmail.com. If you like this podcast and you want to help it out, there are a few ways you can do that. Way number one, drop us a review on Apple Podcasts, Facebook, any as you, you know, you know, you know the bit. Anywhere you know that will accept a review. Anywhere that will accept, accept a review, your neighbor's mailbox, your friend's text messages, etc. Et um, you can also go support us on Patreon. We have a Discord where we do a lot of fun meetups and writing competitions. We have bonus episodes, bonus live streams. We have exclusive merch, all kinds of stuff over there on Patreon. Also on Patreon at certain tiers, if you support us for six months, we will give you a shout out on the podcast with a little story summary that Kim is going to read right now. Go. This one's actually a summary. Oh, it's not a fan fiction? It's not a really long fan fiction. <laughs> what? Um... The wizarding community is still reeling from the aftershocks of the Second Voldemort War. Neville Longbottom fights on, having found himself in charge of organizing the aid group that Dumbledore's army has become. Pansy Parkinson hangs on, having just barely cleared her name of her associations with the Death Eaters. But what will happen when these two most unlikely of allies are thrown together by a new threat? Killer? Mutant? Bunnies? Yeah, I'm going to need that now. Um, shout out to Catherine Warner, Pam, Aaron Mooneyham, Flavie Molina, Amelie McBride, Matt Schreib, and Lexi Bearclaw. Your support means so, so, so much to us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And thanks to the rest of you as well. But also thanks to... The Whomping Willows. Willows. For letting us use their song Wolf Star as our theme song. Bye. Bye. What's new, Pussycat? <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs>